What's up? Nostalgia Pod coming at you. We are going to be looking at what's going on in pop culture for the week, what we normally do. But Dave, I mean, it feels like a long time. Yeah, I feel like we're, we're catching up on more than just the past week because with our Oscars coverage the past yeah. two weeks or so, we haven't we've neglected any music and film news. Apart from the Oscar movies themselves. So there's a lot to catch up on. Yeah, with two whole episodes dedicated to the Oscars. The right. previews, predictions, and the post show, which you can find on YouTube. The Nostalgia YouTube page is live. Smash that subscribe button. Yes. Share us. Also, share our SoundCloud. Uh, SoundCloud.com slash NostalgiaPod. So we do have a lot to catch up on. We're going to kind of run through a lot of the news just to give our quick takes on a lot of this stuff. And then we're going to talk about Logan. A right. movie that oh, yeah. I think we have a lot to say. Absolutely. So we're going to do everybody's favorite game, Dope or Nope, to start off. We'll start, I guess, kind of where... I don't even know if this news had come out by the last time we did the last one. Beyonce yeah. is not going to be headlining this year's Coachella. She's right. going to be headlining 2018, so everybody buy your tickets now. Beehive going to be lit at Coachella next year. Replacing her, Lady right. Gaga. Yeah. What do you think? A nice little bump post-Super Bowl. By the look of it, because her album wasn't like just didn't have any super big hits, mm-hmm. even though pretty well liked. Yeah, so I think it's you know good for her. She's got enough hits, even if you mainly do the old songs. So mm-hmm. That's cool, I guess. Yeah, if you check out our Twitter page, we actually predicted it'd probably be either Jay Z, Lady Gaga, or Adele. So we got one of the three that we predicted. I think it makes the most sense. Lady Gaga not only is going to be preparing for for a tour, so she can kind of throw mm-hmm. this together pretty quickly and actually give everybody a preview of what it will be like. Right. But she's a star that's not on the same level as Beyonce, but she can draw a big crowd too and sure. put on a great live show, just like Beyonce. So it's not too much of a step down, and having Beyonce in your back pocket for next year will be awesome for right. Coachella in terms of sales. Also recently, Oshiega released yeah. their festival lineup. We've gone over all the other major lineups mm-hmm. as they've dropped. It's not com slash nostalgiapod. Check it out. But yeah, a new one for Montreal's biggest festival. I mean, I've been to this festival before. It's probably my favorite thing about it is the venue, which is under construction this year. So it's held at the Parc Jean Drapeau. Just like an I- it's like an <laughs> island in the in the river. Yeah, basically. Right. And it's... I don't know how much of it is an actual venue. Like, I've been on that island, but they put up like bleachers and stuff? Or? So actually, so like the main stage is set up so that the is two that main stages are right next to each other. So right. one act goes off on one stage and one comes on the other. So there's constantly people on those stages. And it's like a long parking lot basically and then it goes up to this huge hill mm-hmm. so it creates actually a really awesome venue to see in a live show on because you're just basically you can sit on the, the hill and have a great uh, sure. view or you can get up close and be on cement which isn't always great for the knees but it provides a better ground for festivals because it's less unpredictable interesting like grass so why don't we just kind of give our quick take on this lineup I me mean, what did you think when you first saw it it's kind of just the greatest hits of all the other festival lineups yeah. this year at this point there's surprise not be... chances there Right. <laughs> At this point, there's not going to be any big surprises. They got Lord, right? Yeah, Lord is headlining along with Muse in the Weekend. Second line is Major Lazer, Alabama Shakes, Justice, Solange, and Vance Joy. So yeah, it really does pull from a lot of the other festivals. I think this is a pretty good mix, though. I mean, you have mm-hmm. really big hip-hop, really big rock, and a really big uh, pop star. Yeah headlining is and it's a really deep undercard looking at it there's some pretty good finds in here people who are at a lot of them like run the jewels glass animal cage the elephant and foster people who are i feel like are at every single festival <laughs> ever yeah but there's also some really good deep cuts so like sampha who i can't remember if he was on other i don't think so festival maybe one i don't remember seeing him 
fancygrams at every single one. <laughs> there was one that there's someone I wanted to point out here. But having a good undercard is is important, you know, especially given Bonnaroo's total lack thereof. Yeah, the broken social scene, who I don't think are going to be performing a lot of places, pretty good undercard. Also, Vance Joy and Milky Chance are there, who I feel like are like the same exact people. So <laughs> sure, uh, it's going to be interesting to see them. But the new venue is really going to be, I think, the interesting yeah. part of this moving forward. That's cool. So. There were a lot of songs released. And, and projects. Why don't we really jump in and see which ones we liked, which, which ones we didn't. I kind of wanted to start with the EDM that sure. was released. Fair amount. So there was Kygo and Selena Gomez with It Ain't, it Ain't Me. Me. Which is 12 <laughs> right now. Went from 93 to 12 in one week on Billboard. That's huge. Crazy. That's a huge jump. Slide from Calvin Harris featuring Frank Ocean and Migos, which... What? Well, yeah, what a collaboration, right? And out of nowhere. <laughs> Poor takeoff, again, left off Amigos track. Just offset in Quavo. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. And then something just like this, Coldplay and the Chainsmokers. What? If, if you like double vanilla, man. <laughs> it, that was literally what I thought. I was like, these two are perfect. For I was like, there's a really good like vanilla ice cream joke here, and I don't have it. It was probably just a very vanilla joke in the end. That collab, oh. and then, Kai. oh, surprise, Kygo, Billboard success. Yeah, because he's so generically right. radio friendly EDM mm-hmm. so yeah whatever the best song out of all of Miss Slide though definitely it's, it's like a song in the summer except it came out in February exactly and I think it actually might have the kind of staying power because Calvin Harris is going to drop this album probably in yeah. I don't know April May to the summer uh, this is what you came for summer yep. he always has a big hit off of his last few releases so yeah I mean definitely makes sense he's a powerhouse when it comes to that kind of stuff honestly uh, the, the Skin Companion 2 EP from Flume it's dope. like it's only like four songs very dope but, yeah, I think that's the best piece of EDM that's released in a minute. Yeah, and, and it's interesting that it, it's a companion to Skin and that these songs couldn't make the final cut, but I it's think that they're weird. better than a lot of the I songs. I think so, too. That's, that's the thing, because Skin, Flume won the best EDM Grammy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I forget what the official title is, but... And that album was okay. had some nice high points, but he won the Grammy. And then these past two companion EPs, I think, are just kind of a continuation of that sound, but there's actually, right. I think, some better tracks on there, so... Oh, dude. But I, if you like Flume, I mean, he's pretty active right now that's pretty cool the cool thing about these songs is that uh, something that i heard said about chance once he's like a really good host so yeah he can kind of like it's a great way to describe people. him too yeah and flume i think did a really good job kind of doing that because like the pusha song sounds like a pusha song but it has a huge yeah. flume influence the song with glass animals sounds like a glass animal song but just like a flume oh. influence also there. great look for flume he was in episode nine of young pope Never Be Like You. Oh, dude. One of the biggest songs from Skin was at the end of the episode. Well, I've listened to that scene probably about like 20 times at this point. It's so perfect, the song for it and how it fits with the content. Yeah, Flume is is killing it right now. And he's going to be at every festival this summer, so he's going to probably reach a new level at the end of the year. I mean, a lot of different kind of music came out. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's not really any through line. Yeah, well, I guess we're going off something else that was a little bit interesting. Thundercat Drunk, I thought it was a really good album. Yeah, Thundercat's third album. He had an EP last year. Thundercat's really interesting to me because he's kind of like been in the hip hop scene for a while now because Kendrick Lamar and Mac Miller and Flying Lotus, Flying Lotus all yeah. collaborate with him. He's kind of the premier artist on Brain Feeder, which is mm-hmm. Flylo's label. But he's never, I don't think he's had any any, any of his own tracks really stand out to people so much as he just has those really strong live shows because he's had a lot of festivals yeah but yeah this is a really cool album my only complaint is that it's like 50 minutes and 23 songs there's so many like yeah. half tracks that are like a minute and a half long i just it's kind of like he didn't finish the ideas but he still 
put like basically glorified demos on the album. Exactly. It's kind of Not like a fan of that. Session in a way, yeah. almost. And he has the last songs of Flying Lotus on there, which makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Interestingly enough, I think the, my favorite song is Show You the Way with Kenny Loggins and Michael McDonald. Yeah. What? <laughs> Where did they come from all of a sudden? <laughs> that song and the one with Kendrick are probably the two best songs. Yeah. I, I think I'd it's agree. a really interesting listen. Yeah. It's like um, a electro funky. He's funny because he has like a James Blake voice, mm-hmm. the way he delivers, because he's not really a singer. You know, he's a, yeah. he's a what's he play? A saxophone? Yeah, saxophonist. Right. And I think he plays bass. But his lyrics are nothing like James Blake, but no. vocally they, they're pretty similar. Also, at his show recently in New York City, he brought out Hannibal Burris, Dave Chappelle, all these huge like, <laughs> different people in New York City to come out with him. So right. he's, he's blowing up right now as well. Uh, there's a lot of big names and a lot of very small names who released albums, sure. which I think are notable. Why don't we start with the big names? So Future released an album two Fridays ago and then an album last Friday? Yeah. Is that correct? Self-titled. <laughs> Self-titled, and then Hendrix, H-N-D-R-X-X. Is there any explanation behind that name? No. I Also, so self-titled, universal uh, opinion more or less is that it's just mediocre, more future, druggy, party songs. But not he's not hitting the highs that he did with DS2, which is mm-hmm. where uh, Fuck Up Subcommons is from, and yeah. where he at with Drake, like, you know, mm-hmm. really the peak of his rap hit making. That's self-titled, just more future, just kind of put it on, and, you know, you don't remember anything from it. But Hendrix is getting tons of love as this like R&B future getting taking the next step going further and I'm like no and <laughs> future sucks at singing so you're saying no bond no yes hendrix wow. is bad it's a bad album I heard he's not a good him. singer and we never go to future for lyrics no he never has been nor would you expect that well, that hasn't changed right. and he's not a good singer so what is good about this album All, what he tried I heard him say I, I on just, Ellen. I didn't think he was that bad. I mean, he's trying to make a Drake record, but he's worse at it than Drake would be. I don't understand what the... It's, it's, I don't like it at all. It's not good. I there's a song with Re- Weekend. Song. There's a song with Rihanna. They're okay. But again, like it's all just okay. But it's getting glowing praise, which I think is way off base. Hmm, interesting. I didn't listen to it, so I can't really give a take. But I did hear him on Ellen, like I said. I thought he was all right. So. <laughs> he's on a Maroon 5 single right now, and he sounds very coherent. Actually, it's really weird. But also... Man, I hate Maroon 5 now. <laughs> Dude, they're the worst. <laughs> I was actually just thinking that. I just fucking hate Maroon 5. The epitome of selling out so far that you're so beyond recognizable what your old music was like. Right. You know? It, yeah, someone said, uh, I wonder what happened to the other people in Maroon 5 other than the Adam ba- Levine. The band has turned over many times. Yeah, it's just Pretty like, well documented. I don't know. Going from songs about Jane to a song with Future, I exactly. mean, that's just a crazy transition. I'm also mad at Kendrick because that other single they have Kendrick on, uh, don't, even, don't Even Know, whatever, it's Pretty big on the radio. Oh, yeah. I'm like, Kendrick, you don't, you gotta make these radio songs, but man. He, he does. You can get on the radio on your own. But there's no reason for him to do it, but he, he's like, Taylor Swift, let's make a... Bad Blood. Uh, yeah, Bad Blood. Yeah. Oh, God. But, so you mentioned with The weekend. Mm-hmm. I think the, a song he, he's on some way with Nav. 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 Yeah. Fucking awesome. Dude, that song, that song is fucking banger, So dude. good. Yeah, so, so, good. so Nav, Beats by Nav is like his handle everywhere. He's signed to XO, which is The Weeknd's label. Mm-hmm. He's also a Toronto guy, just like The Weeknd. We last saw him on Beebs in the Trap off Travis Scott's album from uh, last fall, okay. which is a, pr- a pr- pretty solid song. And, you know, judging by his name, he's, pr- he's been a producer first, but right. self-titled Nav is his debut mixtape. And it's a pretty solid uh, pretty solid listen. There's some good tracks in there, but Some Way featuring The Weeknd, mm-hmm. by far and away the best song. It's just a total banger. And The Weeknd in particular is setting some not subliminal shots at Bieber, yeah. because now he's dating Selena Gomez. Right. Yeah, It was. I, I, I jumped around on it, and that one 
jumped out. Oh, yeah. It's just Head & Shoulders is the best song, but there was some really promising sound in there. I think he'll I think so. be up and coming. Actually, thinking about it, I could see him being on a Kanye album moving Definitely. forward, like just blowing up from there. I could see that kind of yeah. being his track. You're going to see a lot of him, whether it's beats or features. Yeah, he'll be around for a while. Somebody else I think will be big, Sampha. So oh, yeah. His, his album process, this is what, his second... Yeah. This actually came out like a month ago at the beginning of February. We kind of just let it go at the but time. It's, it's gotten a lot of love. Yeah. And I mean, he has a really interesting sound. He's like R&B, electronic kind of. Like all uh, R&B. Really, yeah. really soulful. Yeah. Soul is, I think, probably the perfect way to describe it because, you know, like his, a couple songs that jump out. I mean, Blood on Me is probably the the banger from this, the one that, mm-hmm. that people will remember. But his some of his songs are like uh, My Mother's Home, or mm-hmm. My Father's Home, sorry. And there's another one about Timmy's Prayer or something along those lines. Really just meaningful songs that you can tell are just like coming from within him. Really make it an endearing listen. He's really interesting too because he's kind of been a behind the scenes guy Mm -hmm. in terms of big stars would work with him. Drake in particular has a bunch of songs with Sampha and I think Kanye's done some work with him too. But yeah, this is actually his first official project on his own. So the fact that he's getting some love and attention well-deserved because he's kind of been a background player helping other people. Absolutely. It'll be interesting to see how he equates to live shows. Sure. Because, uh, you know, A lot of singers are like that. Bryson Tiller, Party Next Door, they really mm-hmm. had to grow into their own shows. And even a guy like him, he's even more soulful, just straight singing. So yeah. And I don't think he's really done that, that much performing at all. And now he has his debut album that people like. So Yeah, and I, I can see him probably sitting behind the piano as he plays, but sure. he's also going to need a, a band to kind of bring in the electronic parts. So it'll be neat to see for him what, what comes through. So I've been dancing around it. Ed Sheeran. <laughs> Yeah, Divide. <laughs> Which, I mean... Blue's <laughs> the number one album right now. Shape of You's yeah. back at the top of Billboard. He's saying that he's going to sell more records than Adele. I don't I don't know if that's going to happen. I but... think Ed Sheeran, as much as I don't want to say it, is kind of undeniable at this point because oh, his, yeah. his impact is tremendous. He reaches so many people. I have kind of the same take about John Mayer, but I feel like they're just yeah, he very just re- much like songs. He just released that uh, Search for, for Everything Wave 2 EP. Yeah, and they're both just kind of soft rock like they kind of remind me of the eagles kind of at, at this point, point. <laughs> like i'm not gonna ever be blown away by anything that, that they do yeah, but yeah i'll be like eh, that's all right the lows of this album are when he raps i, I can't stand when he tries to become macklemore or I don't, i'm not even sure what he's doing hoodie allen yeah yeah hoodie allen is probably a better comparison stay away from the rapping i think when he sings and goes a little bit more meaningful his best strength is his songwriting Oh, absolutely. I mean, you remember he wrote uh, Love Yourself for Bieber, mm-hmm. and obviously all the songs he writes for himself. He's already won some Grammys. And he writes for Taylor Swift as well. Yeah. I mean, dude is undeniable. I mean, he makes hits. He writes hits. And he's, he's a little endearing because he's such a dork. Yeah, he's just a <laughs> ginger. I mean, like, yeah. I, but nothing is gingers, but he's very, like, not threatening. As you, the, the funniest thing is you hear stories, and it's like all these singers. It's like Ed Sheeran. The weekend, Nick Jonas and like Ty Dolla Sign <laughs> just like shooting the shit and like getting high and partying. And it's like yeah. so, it's so funny because like they're all from their own little sectors, but they all because right. like the weekend, like and, and Ty Dolla Sign are a little <laughs> little more edgy than Ed Sheeran. Just a little bit. <laughs> so yeah, the the album's all right. I mean, it's yeah. very Ed Sheeran. How do you feel about Ryan Adams dropping his 16th full length record, Prisoner? Yeah, too many albums for for Ryan Adams. Yeah, it's uh, all good. And, and it's always the same stuff. The album was okay. There are a couple songs. If you're fan you're still a fan yeah it's another ryan adams breakup song he broke up with mandy moore recently so oh. the album is about the, interesting that was divorced from mandy moore actually and it's i mean there are some songs that are okay it's just very like kind of depressing and sad and it's a very ryan adams album so if you mm-hmm. like old ryan adams other than 1989 which was 
I guess, very sad and depressing as well, which, right. how could you make that record sad That's... and depressing? <laughs> but, good job, Ryan Adams. <laughs> yeah, you'll, you'll like Prisoner if you like Ryan Adams, but sure. it's nothing to write home about. Something that I, a new band, uh, I guess not really that new, this is, I think, their fourth album, uh, Priests, Nothing Feels Natural. It's like a post-punk type band with a female lead. They span a couple of different genres as they release this album, but it's really good on JJ is probably the breakout hit but overall the listen mm-hmm. is very interesting it's quick it's like 30 minutes on the dot like so it's something you can catch like around the car and listen to nice check them out what did you think we, we didn't really get into john mayer what did you think of the wave for everything wave two i think it was, Search for everything, it was more a beat than the first ep that song helpless yeah. i think and in, in particular was actually like he's jamming out on the guitar right there i like that one did you have an emoji like a wave uh no Hashtag waves. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> chance needed waves on there, I guess. I don't know. But John Mayer, yeah. Yeah, he's, whatever. He's the same. He's always just soft rock, vanilla. Listen to him in Macy's or something Someone like that. Someone not vanilla, though. Passion Pit. As of now, eight new songs from the upcoming album, Tremendous Sea of Love. I'm very interested in this because their last record was a Kindred, I believe yeah, it's called. Yeah, two years ago, right? 2015. Mm, people didn't like that too much. They really but, dropped uh, off. Gossamer and Manners, the other two albums, those things are great. Yeah, huge hits. So it'll be interesting to see. Yeah, uh, there's already, like I said, there's eight, there's eight, eight passion hit songs How out many right more now. Songs could there be on this album? Yeah, who or knows? But you, uh, you'll have an opinion of new, current passion pit if you listen to these songs. There was also a rumor this past weekend that the the Drake project was going to be dropping. More life. And it yeah, his drop. his dad's <laughs> been teasing it and like getting people to freak out and stuff and just building that hype. We'll get to it when we get to it. A few other things. Remy Ma started a beef with Nicki Minaj. With yeah, fill me in on this. I didn't actually... Uh, there's, there's really not that much to say. She released this, like, eight-minute song called Sheether, which is... Eight minutes? Over the Nas Ether beat where Nas dissed Jay-Z oh, way gotcha. back in the day. Fire song, obviously. Yeah. But she kind of just says... the Takes the easy shot she can at Nicki. What, Nicki's butt is fake? Yeah, oh, your, your implants fell out, blah, blah, blah. All these things. You don't write your own raps. Like, yeah, th- thanks. You really really tread new ground here with the diss song. The interesting thing, if anything, is Nicki Minaj hasn't even responded with any kind of song. Why she just you? released, well, posted two Instagrams. One was a screenshot of, I think, a Wikipedia blurb explaining how Remy Ma's album sold very, very poorly. Mm. And, you know, Nicki obviously always kills in the sales. Right. And then the next one was... Uh, a video of her and Beyonce and Beyonce calling Nicki the queen of rap. But at the same point, like, this kind of like a debate of if Nicki should respond, because Remy Ma, for all the genericness of the disses, the song is still, like, blazing hot in terms of, you know, just scalding someone. Keep uh, your ear to the grindstone on this. If you were Nicki, would you respond? Probably not, because she only she's the one who has something to lose at this point. Exactly. There's nothing for her to really yeah. gain from it. I mean, let, maybe yeah. she gets a hit song, but it's not going to be a yeah, you don't need to. all-timer. So. I think lastly, we've been calling this for a long time, predicting that new music would come from Lord. Yes. Given her festival uh, bookings. She's got like three or four of them, right? Oceaga. Governor's Ball, uh, Bonnaroo, I think, or Firefly, one of those. She, Firefly. She's got most of them, right? New album coming out this summer called Melodrama, lead single, Green Light music video and everything already out yeah it's an interesting song it was yeah. more a beat lord yeah like, poppy it's got some yeah. piano action the, in there. The, the piano is the best part yeah ding, 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 ding. that's cool did, did you did watch that? the music video i did yeah what did you think of it lord's weird and she's still weird so yeah, she, I, she's staying true she made me feel very uncomfortable with that like long look at the end i just like needed it to end. that's her thing when she performs yeah, it's just like being uncomfortable the, and the, yeah the, giving you those the, the side eye I've never seen her performances live. I, I've, I've really, seen videos like I like uh, like shows and like award mm-hmm. shows and stuff. I'm really interested to see what her live show is going to be like, especially if she's adding more pop. Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to it. The pop angle is interesting to me because on Pure Heroin, like in Royals, mm-hmm. she's kind of like mocking pop right. artists and 
celebrity and mainstream and stuff many many lines and shots throughout the album and now that she is so popular you know she's in the taylor swift squad and yeah Haim. it'd be interesting to see which Haim, where's that happens. album Haim. i think i think it's coming this year it's gotta be right a lot of music will oh, keep yeah. you up to date moving forward if any albums drop the shins have an album coming out this week the following week is spoon and I mean, the songs we like you can find on the nostalgia yes. spotify playlist which is directly linked at soundcloud.com slash nostalgia pod so follow that playlist and let us know what songs you like on there. Yeah, we'll take listener feedback and put songs that you think are the best songs of the year. That's what we're really trying to do yeah. with this list. There won't be any future on there at this time. <laughs> there will not be. But there is Calvin Harris and Migos and Frank Ocean. So oh, yeah. check that out. Why don't we talk about video games real quick? So, yeah. <laughs> I think people know this if you listen to the pod. I don't really play a lot of video games. No, but you're, you're old and washed. <laughs> my favorite video game of all time is Ocarina of Time, Zelda. Okay, it's great choice. So Masterpiece. There's a new Zelda out called... Breath of the Wild. Yeah. Well, I was saying the Nintendo Switches came out on Friday alongside Breath of the Wild. That's monumental itself, but Breath of the Wild is getting universal acclaim. Dude. It's got a, a 10 slash perfect score from every major yeah. video game outlet as well as sites like The Guardian and The Washington Post and New York Times, stuff like mm-hmm. that. Impeccable. And that's crazy because Zelda is such a transcendent franchise. It's over 30 years old. Mm-hmm. And the fact that Nintendo, after the Wii U was really bad and they've been on the decline, to have come back with such a bona fide hit that does all these so many things really great is awesome to see. I might actually have to buy an, a Nintendo Switch just to play this game. People were that was the initial question: is is a Switch worth it at, at buying it at launch? Three hundred dollars mm-hmm. plus sixty dollars for Zelda is is Zelda itself worth the three hundred sixty dollars? It might be. And a lot of people are saying yes because the game also is absolutely freaking huge. Right. It'll that's... take you. I mean, minimum, you're talking like 60 hours if you just rush through it. But yeah, you can get lost in the, you get lost in this game for half the year. Yeah, I was so reading... So it is worth it. I was reading reviews on it, and really what people were saying makes it awesome is it's such a free world. Like, you yeah. can go pretty much do wherever you want, go wherever you want, and it actually brings in, like, realistic obstacles like rain and, like, yeah, the bad we- weather. weather effects, you have to... So... Items uh, break down a lot, lot. Read the reviews, I don't want to butcher it, but there's a lot of great pieces on it And already. it looks amazing. Yeah. So... Definitely check that out. Dave, I'm going to let you kind of take the lead here. Sure. A, a ton of movie news. Again, because we focus on the Oscars, we yeah. neglected the rest of Hollywood. We'll start off with our favorite Warner Brothers film property, the DCEU, fresh <laughs> off of hits like Suicide Squad and Batman vs. Superman. Now on HBO Go, if you want to go watch that. <laughs> check out Suicide Squad. You know what? It's really good. I might actually uh, watch for a few scenes just to I was thinking about it. I was listening to it and I was like, eh. Maybe there, there's, there's moments, yeah. character moments. Again, like, I, I, like again, I said it was like a five. <laughs> I didn't say it was a one. That movie sucks. But, <laughs> for real. But yeah, so three pieces of news for DC right now. Mel Gibson has been heavily attacked to direct the Suicide Squad sequel. Let's not forget that Suicide Squad made an F ton of money and also is an Academy Award winning film. So they can't let that die, right? I now, mean... Do they keep Jared Leto? Who knows? There's a lot of questions. I think keep Jared. He won't just do one movie as the Joker. Yeah, I mean, maybe they might just hard boot him out. Who knows? Uh, yeah, George Clooney only did one Batman. Basically, what, what what stays? What definitely stays? Margot Robbie and yeah. Will Smith. Well, because they—it's interesting because they actually have a lot of prod movies in development. Mm-hmm. The Gotham City Sirens, Margot Robbie female-led yeah. movie is happening. Mm-hmm. So they'll have that as well as Harley in Suicide Squad too. 
I, there's no way she wouldn't be in. Yeah. If Will Smith comes back as Deadshot, that's an interesting thought. Because if they, if they don't bring him back, they don't really have a whole lot to go on, right? Like Captain Boomerang? <laughs> no, they don't have Ooh. a lot to go on. Oh, you, you have the croc, though. Yeah. We'll, so. we'll see. Again, Mel Gibson's been attached. But getting I think getting good talent behind the camera is important for them. Yeah. Especially because they got to get out from under Zack Snyder's shadow. He's kind of left his stink on the movies. And David Ayer was a talented filmmaker, but it wasn't his fault that Suicide Squad was so choppy with all the different cuts, right? So going off that, Mel Gibson, if that does happen, Matt Reeves is officially directing the Batman because, remember, Ben Affleck recently dropped out. Interesting to note, in the official press release from Warner, there's no mention of Ben Affleck being in the movie as Batman still. Hmm. Doesn't mean he quit, but it's just weird that, like, they wouldn't say that I've stuff. I've been seeing tweets going back and forth about this. Some people saying he's out, some people saying he's definitely in and just not as into the project. But I don't know. Really interesting. I'd like him to stay in, but I have no problem with him not directing. Yeah. You know, just no, f- let's focus on getting the character good. But he signed for a contract for a while, right? With DC, yeah. So. I mean, I think so to Jared Leto. It doesn't really matter. Right. It's, it's, it's options. It's up to the studio, if anything. But wasn't, wasn't the whole deal with... Ben Affleck that he got that deal so that he could then make other movies that he wanted to make like that like Li- gangster film like Live by movie. Night yeah exactly right but because Live by Night bombed the box office lost Maybe. the studio a ton of money and also because every time he was on the junket for Live by Night he was getting asked Batman questions <laughs> is he already burned out I don't know I hope not but if they have to replace him now that's going to be really interesting moving forward for a lot yeah. of reasons I mean about if, the, if they lose Ben Affleck, Justice League? It, it, yeah, because he is already in Justice League. That comes right. out at the end of the year. We get Wonder Woman before that. But, I mean, after that, I mean, you lose Ben Affleck. We still don't have Henry Cavill Superman all the way right. You know, so maybe you, maybe they give up. I don't know. Basically, at that point, you're saying you need Aquaman, you need The Flash, and right. you need Wonder Woman to definitely be him. And that's the thing. You're not going to give up on Batman. Batman prints no. money. Yeah. And you need him if you're going to keep the other Justice League characters going. So they just got to hope that Affleck stays true. Especially because the direction they've gone in is with an older uh, Batman, right. so you need an established yeah. actor at that point. And we were speculating, so we'll see what else comes out. But they did announce that, Warner did announce that they're making a Nightwing film. Mm-hmm. Nightwing is the character that the first Robin becomes when he leaves right. Batman's you know, sidekicking uh, tutelage. Doesn't that make sense? I mean, maybe I'm wrong on this, but in the Batman vs. Superman, you see that the Joker wrote, like, ha, ha, ha. Yeah. On um, one of the right. Robins. Assuming they suits. killed Robin. But or that was, like, the third Robin, because the first Robin is Nightwing, right? Yeah, Dick Grayson becomes Nightwing, and yeah. then Jason Todd becomes the new Robin, and that's the one the Joker kills, tra- so traditionally. I, I think that that's great that they're kind of keeping with yeah. that kind of history. Right? That's the thing. Like, for all its problems, the DCU, through three movies, they have, you know, sewn a lot of strings and got a lot of plot points going. It's just the yeah. problem is they haven't executed on the most important aspects, like, you know, the main characters still. <laughs> but, like, I, I give them, like, you know, props. Like, you sure. know, you got the Green Lantern Corps coming. Absolutely. And, you know, you're going to make a Nightwing movie. That's awesome. I just mm-hmm. hope we can get everything to work out. Well, yeah, and especially... Aquaman's like, filming right now. I think we'll talk about Logan a little bit, but I think when you take these small stories or these small characters mm-hmm. in a way and make those movies... You can do a lot more in terms of you don't need to fit into what the genre usually is yeah. at that point. Sure. But yeah, no, that's definitely an exciting project. What other projects that are coming out are? I mean, you looking at John Favreau. Oh yeah, hit, di- hit director of Oscar-winning film The Jungle, Jungle Book. Book announced via Twitter, which he's done before, that he is casting Donald Glover and James Earl Jones in the live-action Disney remake of The Lion King. Donald Glover as Simba and James Earl Jones reprising his role 
as Mufasa, because remember, you voiced him in the animated film. So I should probably know this, but I didn't do this research. Whatever, at this point. Is this from the same studio that's making Beauty and the Beast? Yeah, it's all Disney. Right, okay, so, so it is all Disney. This is like the, what, the fifth or sixth one, right? So They've been doing a lot of these. Because Beauty and the Beast is staying a musical, so this is also going to stay a musical. That's the thing. I don't, we don't think we know any, any of those details, and I still don't know how the heck you do it live action. Are they, <laughs> like, they're not just voicing the characters, but they're still like going to be lions, right? So what's how are we doing this? We just don't know. Yeah, they. I mean, they probably are way ahead of like, us on that. Like, like, are they mo-capping lions? <laughs> that would I be mean, interesting. Sure, go for it. I guess I, we just don't know. Well, I, I guess like Scarlett Johansson didn't actually be. She didn't actually play a snake when they were doing the right Jungle Book. So they'll probably yeah. do something along those lines. Like, but that this would be an awesome casting if they are keeping it musical because. Don Glover can sing. James James Earl Jones, his more recent voice work isn't quite as strong as his no, earlier work. He he's old, yeah. so like I hope that works out still because yeah, he is in his eighties. Voice work was a little disappointing. Yeah, I thought, but still cool. And more casting news will come out of that. You know, it'll have an all star cast. Speaking of all star cast, the Predator reboot just started filming with Shane Black director of The Nice Guys, one of your yep. favorite films from last year. Check that out, soundcloud.com slash nostalgiapod. Stay plugging. This cast is hashtag fire, man. <laughs> we got Trevante Rhodes, who played adult Chiron in Moonlight, which won Best Picture. Still don't know how. It's crazy. Olivia Munn, coming off of X-Men Age of Apocalypse, is, where she didn't is, have much to do. Bill Simmons' question, is Olivia Munn good? <laughs> Are we sure she's good? She's definitely good to look at. I think she was fantastic in the newsroom. Oh, yeah, she was in the newsroom. And that was probably one of her media, if not her media's role. So I, I think she has natural ability, but she hasn't had been the greatest films recently. Yeah, and she hasn't gotten as much work as I thought. Like Mordecai was bad. She's in a lot of bad stuff lately. X-Men, Apocalypse, she wasn't. Yes, yeah, she was Psylocke, but she didn't do anything. Right. It was, but she, there's many problems with that. But yeah, anyway, Sterling K. Brown is also in the Predator reboot. Woo! Emmy Award winner from People vs. OJ. Yeah. Jacob Tremblay, the young boy from Room. Ah, when Brie, remember Brie Larson, yeah. Jacob Tremblay? Yeah, uh, awesome. He was better actor than she was, to be honest, <laughs> in that. And rounding it out, a guy whose stock is clearly on the rise, Narcos star Boyd Holbrook. Narcos! Who was also Logan? happened to be in Logan. Yeah, that's an amazing cast. Yeah, that sounds crazy. And Shane Black is an awesome director, so that should be cool. Because yeah. I like the things he does. Yeah, it's interesting because... The personality, have... the, the quips, the comedy. He, even when he did Iron Man 3, it was unlike right. any other Iron Man film. Yeah, he can definitely inject some some dark humor into this. Yeah. It's interesting that we have a Predator reboot and Alien Covenant coming out. Yeah. Well, Alien Covenant, that ain't no reboot. That's still from Ridley Scott. That's just prequel. Yeah, I guess it's... I guess it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's ostensibly really Prometheus 2. But just another one. It's interesting. Another one. Also, that looks awesome. I saw that trailer that looks, for Logan. That looks terrifying. Dude, it's going to be so good. I have to admit something here. I have not seen Alien or Aliens, <laughs> despite being a huge sci-fi fan, because I hate being scared. And that kind of suspenseful terror will keep me up for days. I really want to force myself to watch the originals, because I know how great they are, so I can see Alien Covenant. Because I saw Prometheus and I liked it, but I feel like now we're getting closer to the original Aliens again, like the connection's going to be you know, the full circle, that I kind of want to appreciate it more. Yeah. So I might have to just sit there and... Take it. The, the scene <laughs> in the trailer where the alien is on top of the ship. And yeah, and things gigantic. Head, I was just like, oh my god, yeah. this looks intense. Yeah. Another Fastbender back. scary movie that has kind of taken everybody by surprise. Get, Get out. out. Shout out Jordan Peele. Yeah, director. First, I guess his directorial debut. It is. And yeah. uh, 99% Rotten Tomatoes. Crazy. It was supposed to be 100% by some like curmudgeon. Just of course. Who didn't actually watch the movie? Ma- like. Made a lot of box office success already. Mm-hmm. Unexpected. Yeah. Do as well as it did. Uh, David Kaluuya 
is the star from Black Mirror fame. Also has, he'll, he'll be in Black Panther, too, which is awesome. Yeah, also has Allison Williams and Josh from The West Wing. And I forgot, I forgot oh, right. <laughs> yeah, definitely really interesting. I think I'm going to see it somewhere. Yeah, that's another thing where I hear it's not as scary yeah. as like you would assume initially because it, it's almost like satirical. In part, so I think I'll try and see that as well. Also has uh, Darius from Atlanta. Keith Stanfield? Yeah, Keith Stanfield. Oh, nice. He, he has like a, a bit role Great. that kind of pops up. So definitely... Buy, buy Keith Stanfield stock. Yeah, he, he's <laughs> going to be huge. And it seems like this might also, also be the year of scary movies kind of becoming like critically acclaimed and like really right. well liked, which I mean... I think, um, they've been making money consistently the whole for, for years. Yeah. Conjuring 2 made a lot of money. All the Purge movies make money. Scary movies cash in, but they rarely get like critical right. acclaim. I mean... The Witch last year, uh, Don't Breathe, uh, Hush. Quite a hot streak for good scary movies. Yeah, I think the Oscars next year are going to be a really interesting conversation because, for example, The Irishman was picked up by Netflix. Yeah. $125 million for them. It was let go by Paramount after they took a $450 right. million loss last year and Netflix is going to try to get that Oscar yeah because it's directed by Martin Scorsese yep it has an all-star cast in it yeah Joe Pesci coming out of freaking retirement (laughs) exclamation point yep Al Pacino De Niro yeah awesome Uh, it has uh, awesome the guy from Vinyl in it Bobby Cannavale yeah and it also has um, Harvey Keitel yeah Harvey Keitel I mean fire just yeah come on those those five and i guess they're gonna try to make them look younger to the technology amazon is winning the oscar race for the streaming giants because manchester by the sea was from amazon netflix did get their first win with what was one of the uh, documentaries oh yeah white helmets yes which is on netflix right now Mm -hmm. but they don't have anything major manchester won best original screenplay which is obviously a much bigger award Mm -hmm. so i think they're and, and it was also nominated for best picture Netflix, they last tried this for Beast of No Nation with Idris Elba. They struck out there. So you know that I mean they're just printing the money. They want yeah. they want this real claim given the pedigree. It should be awesome. It's, but Scorsese did say he's like I still think that the best place to see movies is in the theater. Yeah. But I will take your check. Yeah. Well, also, I mean, he gets this out to 96 million viewers. And right. that, that that's right now. By the time that this comes out, they could be past 100 million. That's insane. If only Netflix would actually tell us how many people watch it. They don't tell us anything. Eh, well, you know, we just won't know. It, it's a good way to get get people out to it. And I'm It'll sure be in the theaters briefly, so it can yeah. be eligible for the Oscars. So it's going to be a really interesting Oscars next year, like we were saying. Especially because I think Logan could get a Best Picture. Now. Yeah. I mean, I liked it that much. That 93% of Rotten Tomatoes, we've talked about that in the past. Don't just go off the score, but this deserved a 93. It did. So I guess there's, there's a lot to break down yeah. here. Just to give you like the background on it, directed by James Mangold, who directed movies such as The Wolverine in the past, right. 310 to Yuma, obviously stars Hugh Jackman, Daphne Keene played the little girl in it. X-23 for yeah. the comics. And she... She's freaking phenomenal. Amazing. I like, mean, this is her debut, and she stole this every scene. And to think that Incredible. she had to speak two languages in the movie, too. Yeah, which you didn't even see coming at first. Patrick Stewart, Stephen Merchant, and Boyd Holbrook kind of round out yeah. the the top billing on it it's rated r like deadpool <sighs> yeah this is the the final go-around for hugh jackman as wolverine a character he's been playing since 2000 when the first x-men came out and he was cast in 1999 so he's, and he's pretty much a perfect cast 17 plus years it's it's incredible he is ubiquitous with wolverine yeah. there is like we, we recast batman all the time mm-hmm. we never have entertained the idea of recasting wolverine no. i think now it's not are we going to reclass Wolverine? No, it's we're going to do X-Men stories without Wolverine. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, there will come a time in the future when yeah. there's another Wolverine, but for right now, I mean, it is Hugh Jackman. Yeah. And it will always be, I think, to 
people who've grown up with Marvel at this time. It had the biggest box office debut of the year so far. $88 million in the U.S., 247 globally. <sighs> so that's that's great. And especially that's one of the biggest R-rated debuts ever. Audiences love it. It's got a great cinema score. Critics love it. And you really need to watch this movie. It's incredible. The comparison that's been made is this is X-Men meets Man on Fire, which I think is right. pretty much perfect yeah, for the yeah. storyline. So, I mean, how much do you want to spoil this? I think we should talk broad strokes. Maybe we'll spoil it at the very end, the last few minutes. Sure. Uh, right. We'll timestamp it. All right, so I guess maybe we'll we'll start just kind of talking about... This movie's super violent. Rated R? Yeah, it's a rated R movie. I mean, there, there's it's a scene where you see a girl, like, flash the screen. Briefly, um, sure. Yeah. So there's some things like... And they're, they're swearing, obviously. You know? Yeah. The violence, though, is outrageous. I mean, it honestly goes to say that the character of Wolverine probably should have been more violent in the past because it's a guy with these unbreakable metal claws, these right. razor-sharp knives on his hands mm-hmm. that seem to be pretty good at cutting people's heads off yeah. and impaling people. And Fancy I think, that. I think what made this violence especially visceral was like seeing the claws go through somebody's head like and come out the other side oh, yeah. seeing the gashes just like pouring blood some really just like violent images right. which i think really made me really think about the violence for the first time and then seeing x23 do the same thing yeah and seeing a little girl yeah be even more violent honestly like slashing throats and right kicking people in the head with her claw which is in her foot which is pretty badass but <laughs> definitely yeah definitely was thought provoking because you don't really think about the violence in these movies and that's the thing like I, I saw some pieces saying should X-Men proper now have an R-rated film coming off the success of Deadpool and Wolverine and I would still say no X-Men itself shouldn't be R-rated no the X-Men films have had great highs and, and also bad lows mm-hmm. and that's kind of just the problem with the filmmaking, not the rating of the film itself. The reason Logan works so well is because it treats Wolverine as a character first, and then a superhero first. Right. And also, this works because we're so attached to Hugh Jackman's Wolverine, mm-hmm. his Logan, because we've been with him for 17 years at this point. Right. So I don't think that directly translates. If oh yeah, let's reboot X Men now, and oh yeah, it's rated R by the way. That's not going to work out. Yeah, I think there's a way to make X Men edgier without making it rated R. You know, I think getting a really good villain is important. Mm-hmm. Um, someone that's actually kind of scary and not as corny as Apocalypse came across as. I think Magneto is a great villain. Oh, Magneto is definitely right. a great villain. But thinking about the reboot, I mean, Magneto was like a sidekick almost Apocalypse. I mean, I guess he was oh, sort he, of like a right. one one B in a way. Yeah, well, Ian McKellen's Magneto yeah. was good, but Michael Fassbender's Magneto was like a villain origin story almost. Right. I tweeted this out, but the interesting thing about Logan is as this movie acts as Hugh Jackman's swan song, this is his you know his final. He's going out on his own terms, leaving the role behind. This will finally allow Fox to truly reboot the X-Men film series. Deadpool right. will continue, obviously, tangentially next to it. Hugh Jackman, he's been, been a constant through all of these movies. Mm-hmm. And even when they did reboot in 2011 with First Class, McAvoy was a young Professor X and Fassbender was young Magneto, right? Hugh Jackman, though. Right, and then Days of Future Past joined those timelines together. And then with Age of Apocalypse continues, you know, the younger group like Sophie Turner as mm-hmm. in the new Jean Grey. But you know, we still have Hugh Jackman's Wolverine popping up. So we haven't really been able to unite this. Plus, that's not even getting into how convoluted the timeline is. And even <laughs> with Dates of Future Past being a great way to kind of re- soft reset stuff, mm-hmm. there's still a lot of inconsistencies that you just can't get over because you just contradicted things. 
Yeah, I don't really see the timeline being a huge issue right. just because like the comic books never really follow the set timeline either. Sure. They kind of jump around and just tell stories. That's also half the reason Logan is so great is because it's not beholden to anything else. No. It's not. It's barely a sequel. You know, it's just kind of assumed. Oh yeah, you know that's old Professor X and that's old mm-hmm. Wolverine. Right. You got it. Good. I thought Patrick Stewart was really great too. Yeah. And, absolutely. I mean, he's always good at this point. He's mm-hmm. a sure thing. Uh, and this is his last movie as Professor X. Film. He actually right. mentioned that he wouldn't mind doing it, but I'm pretty sure it'll be his last. I mean, they, they need they need yeah. blood. Yeah, they need to kind of. It's a, it's a good it. send off for him too because this movie also gets into the family aspect that kind of represents what X Men is in general because they're right. they are like a, a surrogate family, those mm-hmm. the group of characters, and that dynamic of Patrick Stewart, Hugh Jackman, and Daphne Keene like as a family unit, which they even talk about like the second act of the film, I kind of really hits at home. Right. But there's a scene with them all together at a dinner table with mm-hmm. another family, and it's a really actually moving kind of moment when they actually get to lighten up and yeah. be genuine, soft human beings for once instead yeah. of the hardened superheroes that they usually are. Right. Anyways, what else stood out to you about the movie? What else do you think made this movie the fantastic movie it really was? I mean, the world's so unique. Mm-hmm. I mean, right away, it's a, it takes place in 2029. But as you learn early on, this is so different than any other X-Men film. The mutants are all gone. Right. The mutant gene isn't a thing anymore. It's just a whole different world. The mutants are going away, and that's why Logan is protecting a senile Professor X. Yeah. You know, he has dementia, losing control of himself. You have Caliban there as well. This movie, actually, I really liked it because it kind of treats the viewers like adults, and as it should, it's an R-rated film. Right. The way it drops backstory hints. They mentioned the Westchester incident, right? which they basically allude to Professor X doing something really terrible mm-hmm. due to the fact that he's losing control of himself. They called him, he now is the most dangerous brain in the world because yeah. he doesn't have control of it. He was the most powerful mutant, and now mm-hmm. he's the most dangerous because he's just out there, you know? Yeah, so, deadliest weapon on the earth at that point. Yeah. It's also interesting, I think, kind of where it's set because it's set right near the border, So, mm-hmm. and you actually see Hugh Jackman going back and forth between Mexico and the United States, yep. it brings in a lot of discussion around like current political issues, such as you know around immigration, things like that. And I don't know if they planned it that way. I, I kind of doubt they did because they well, were no, already yeah. producing it before it was. And the script was being written way you, before a few years ago. But it's it's just interesting the timing on that. I feel like a lot of the Marvel movies have been hitting on different political yeah, points that definitely. maybe they weren't intending on. I, I thought this was probably the most moving superhero movie I've watched. Mm-hmm. It is. I think so. It's just so character driven. I mean, the world is all very interesting. Obviously, where you are, mm-hmm. where, where where the story's happening, is, is fascinating in itself. And again, we don't even know that much, obviously. But the fact that it's so character-driven and Logan, you know, still kind of being that curmudgeon, but now he's even older because he's freaking dying. He's just old and down on his luck, and he's just kind of protecting Professor X because there's nothing else to do. Right, and like you said, I mean, Patrick Stewart as Professor X and Wolverine as, or uh, Hugh Jackman as Wolverine for the last 17 years, these are characters who have an on-screen relationship at this point. I mean, Wolverine, I think, just like you said, he's a curmudgeon, but... He has one of the most tenuous relationships with almost everybody in the X-Men, mm-hmm. <laughs> pretty True. much. Which they hint at, at that yeah. dinner table. And, but then then seeing him kind of soften around some of the events that happen yeah. is pretty amazing. And Hugh Jackman just nails it. He's a world-class actor. Uh, I'm not going to say like he should have had more, like like I said, with Jude Locke, I'm sure he's probably been doing work that I just haven't been seeing. I mean, but he's yeah. just an amazing actor. I think he does a lot of uh, theater. He does, yeah. Which I mean, he did Australia, yep. did Les Mis. But yeah, I think... 
another reason why this movie is so strong is it does fan service in a way that honors the material because it does take a lot from the Old Man Logan comic mm -hmm. from about seven years ago. It's a movie first before it's a superhero movie. Right. There's no post credit scene because there's nothing to tease. No. Again, it, it very much stands alone. There was a pre-movie scene. Yeah. For, uh, for Deadpool. Which, <laughs> which is, you can go find on YouTube if you yeah. want. Or you can find it on our Twitter. I think we tweeted it we out. We did. At NostalgiaPod. Even his name in it. I mean, he goes back to using his original birth name, James yeah. Howlett, when he kind of switches to Logan or right. just Wolverine for a yeah. long time. He kind of goes back to this now that he's right. kind of been hiding. Another thing with Boyd Holbrook and like his Reavers group, which has kind of <laughs> yeah. been... Uh, it was not in the Old Man Logan storyline, but they kind of repurposed them, I mm -hmm. think, very well to fit in the movie. He says, like, oh, by the way, like, I'm a big fan. Wolverine, it, it pains me to see you like this. Because right. it kind of makes sense that some of their his, their X points of these notable mutants, mutants, you know, became mm -hmm. well, wide, well known in the 60s, according to the convoluted timeline, right? Right. It makes sense that someone would know of them. But I thought the thing that was really interesting was that the comics actually exist yeah. And Logan's like, no, F this shit. This is all fake and made up. Just to sell a, sell, sell a buck, that's not real life. He says, what, like maybe a quarter of it happened or something yeah. along those lines? Right. Yeah, that was really interesting. And to see like uh, one of the kids is holding a, a Wolverine action figure yeah. from, from the comics, though, which is just kind of nuts to, to see how they pulled that in. Do you want to go into spoiling now? Like the last yeah, like, five sure. minutes of it? Actually, that, that's one of the most interesting things, I think. So from this point forward, spoilers. Turn it off if you haven't seen it. Come back, listen. If you have. Tweet us when you see the movie. Let us know what you think. Yeah, when he basically points out this place isn't real. Like it's all made up from this comic book. And right. then it's actually somewhere that they're meeting. Yeah. I thought that was a pretty interesting yeah, just, like, Eden. wrinkle. Yeah, yeah. how they, they pulled that in. Yeah. He's like, fuck this. But he kind of gets pushed to it because he, he doesn't want to let this little girl down, his daughter down. Yeah. Which, I mean, I think you find out, you figure out pretty early that this is pretty much from the first fight scene with her in it. Yeah. That this is his daughter. Right. But then in him coming to grips with that, I thought was really amazing writing. I feel like in a lot of movies, the, the easy way to go about it is like, he's hardened, but then on the trip somewhere, there's like a moment where they do something fun together and he starts to soften. Mm -hmm. He pretty much acted hard up until he died. <laughs> and then yeah. there was it. And then he said, so this is what that feels like. Right. And... I, first of all, I mean, if you didn't get like some sort of like movement in your yeah. soul when that happened, I don't know if you're human. You might want yeah. to go get checked. Out. Don't be what they made you. Right. The other one. What was a more moving line to you, that or when Iron Man says, "But so was I," in regards to Captain America saying, "I, I wouldn't do this if he wasn't my friend" or something like. I think that is a good line, Civil it War. Definitely. I is. like that moment, but I, they're tough to compare because Civil War is still still more more positive and mm -hmm. high energy. Logan is still very light on plot right. and more about just kind of like the, the character development the character development out along this, this sure. grizzled world, you know? Like, yeah. like Boyd Holbrook, you'd think from the trailer, he's like just this big bad, and he is the bad guy, but him being the bad guy is almost second fiddle to the rest of the story, mm -hmm. which I thought worked well. Yeah, absolutely. And he, he really killed it in that role. Mm -hmm. He plays a pretty menacing Right. Kind of brooding bad guy really well. Yeah. There's a lot of uh, off-road, <laughs> like uh, off-road driving, which I thought was really yeah. funny. Shout out that limo. Yeah, that limo is boss. But <laughs> it, it's kind of interesting that in the future there, there will be self-driving trucks, but we won't get like any new technology in terms of cars. Right, so, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Just a little... Uh, yeah, I mean, also the nurse lady who basically got the girl to him, she cut that very very well cut together POV video on a phone in a <laughs> hotel room. It's fine. Yeah, I um, mean, that's l little things, little things. But I, I, I think the important thing is Logan stands up as a good movie, not just a good superhero movie. Yeah. 
right? If this came out on, on like FX or something like that, you wouldn't turn this movie off. Right. I, I feel like it can pretty much grab you anytime with the the fight scenes, but you stay for like the emotional content. Right. Yeah, and I think I think it's definitely one of the best superhero movies. Oh, for dude, sure. for sure. I mean, uh, how do you see this affecting how superhero movies are made movies going? Yeah, forward? well, that, that's another thing. Like, that's why people were asking if X Men should be rated R, and I think Logan is very much a special case because of the relationship everyone has had with Hugh Jackman's Wolverine. But what I do think people are understanding, we've seen it with Deadpool and Logan, Guardians, hopefully Black Panther, Captain Marvel, attention to characters. You know, I think we've already, kind of, I think we've hit that superhero bubble of bigger is better, mm-hmm. grander. We're still going to have that, and we're still going to enjoy that. It's still fun. But people want more. People want different. And Doctor Strange gave us that. Ant-Man right. gave us that. And I think we're going to keep going that. And Logan, if anything, proves that you can be very adult. You can treat this stuff like it, like, like it's being made for adults, whether it's rated R or not. Yeah. So where Fox takes X-Men moving forward, I'm, again, I hope they really do just do a full reboot because the X-Men stories are great because the X-Men are essentially stand-ins for whatever marginalized group we have in society today. Right. They've Absolutely. been like that ever since they've existed. Even the group of people, even the group of kids that they made were yeah. all Dangerous. racial minorities yeah. or girls, which I thought was pretty cool. Yeah, and, and they, another thing, yeah, kind of like you look at the problems of, across different X-Men movies, and I like most of them, the X-Men's at its strongest when it's about the fight for the mutant rights, mm-hmm. when it's just the x-men fighting the other x-men because they're bad and we're good right that's what apocalypse looks like that's what x-men mm-hmm. the last stand mainly was right you know and not the last stand didn't have the cure there was there was something good in that movie but the rest of it didn't work so i think that you know if we can get back to the heart of what makes the x-men great awesome but in general i think we kind of everyone's kind of realized the best things you can do with superhero movies so it's uh, <laughs> it's a good time yeah, and Marvel has laid out the groundwork so well that it can make these small movies while also making a huge overarching film like Infinity War. Right. Which, next year, is that, or is the end of this year coming? Uh, next year. Th- this next year, year this year is Wonder Woman and Justice League for DC, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, Spider-Man Homecoming, and Thor Ragnarok for Marvel, and then Logan for Fox. Spider-Man, I can't wait for. So, any last words you want to say about this movie? Just definitely go see it. Uh, you, I mean, honestly, you don't you don't need to have seen no. most of the X-Men's. Uh, I think in general you'd probably have a decent idea of who Professor X is and who Wolverine is at this point. But mm-hmm. it's definitely a special film. It's not. Yeah. I mean, I'm not gonna say it's perfect. No. No, no film is, but it's definitely one of the best superhero movies and definitely the best movie I've seen this year. Do you think it'll get a Best Picture done? That's tough. That's tough because, again, it'll be so old by the time the Oscar mm-hmm. noms happen, like 11 months from now right. or nine months from now, whatever it is. That's tough. I, I don't know if it could compete in the screenplay category. Maybe a Best Supporting Actor for Patrick Stewart. That'd be yeah. crazy. That'd be, that. that'd be awesome. Think... John Fair has gotten love from time to time. Like uh, Gandalf was nominated. Right. Jack Sparrow was nominated. So there is somewhat of a precedent, but if a super, you know, we'll see. It'll be interesting to see if... Uh... There's enough good movies to push it out, but I think it's deserving, yeah, um, for sure. Um, but that will wrap it up for this week. So tweet at us at NostalgiaPod, at Martin Swagger, at Sheeny World Peace. Subscribe on YouTube. That's a yes. big help. Even if you don't use YouTube, but you have a Gmail, you can just subscribe and yeah, help us. That'd be cool. I really appreciate that. Yeah, and share us with friends. Uh, you know, just even if you know you retweet us, hit share on Facebook. We really appreciate it. And uh, follow the Spotify playlist if you like cool tunes. Yep. 
and give us a rating and review on iTunes. We also really appreciate that. It really drives a lot of support for us. That's true. And yeah, please go go see uh, Logan. Go listen to the, the music we talked about and join in on the discussion. Yeah. We got some movies to preview coming up. I think <laughs> we'll get to that soon. We got a lot of content, so hashtag content. Peace yep. out. My days, I pray and pray and I see the pain inside.